Episode 155 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. Jeremy Hill has been watching the pandemic impact with an economist's eye. He runs the Center for Economic Development and Business Research at Wichita State. He joins me today to talk about the data he's seen during the pandemic and how things have changed for Wichita and South Central Kansas. First, the big story in the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. Many of us are working from home, but when we eventually go back to our offices, they may look a lot different. Businesses are renovating their spaces to accommodate social distancing and to take other precautions to make employees feel safe. One example, IMA in Wichita. We talked to them about how they're preparing for people to return to work. You might find some good ideas here. Our coverage begins on page 14. Also this week, a special report on education. Schools are also figuring out how to help employees return to teaching and kids return to learning. Page 10. Our list, independent insurance agencies ranked by 2019 Wichita area premium volume. Page 6. This week we spend 10 minutes with Jeremy Breitenbach. He's senior project manager with J.E. Dunn Construction. It's a Kansas City company, but they've built Riverfront Stadium, and they're establishing more business here. Page 23. Check out our leads section. Each week, we provide you with business intelligence on new real estate deals, bankruptcies, new corporations, building permits, who owes back taxes, court judgments. This week, it begins on page 18. You should know if you're not a subscriber and you want access to all our stories, we have a deal going on. Just open up one of our locked stories and it will ask you if you want to subscribe. The deal, four weeks of full access for $4. Back to talk with Jeremy Hill after this. Welcome to Biz Talk with Bill Roy of the Wichita Business Journal. Talking business, your business that is, is what Equity Bank's team of bankers does best. Visit us today at equitybank.com. Jeremy Hill joins us. Jeremy is the director of the Center for Economic Development and Business Research at Wichita State University. Been there since 2009. He's a Georgia native uh, who uh, has his MPA, uh, public administration master's, and has been an economist with over 20 years of experience. Uh, Jeremy, welcome. Thank you for being here. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me on. What's it been like for you, just uh, before we get into too much detail, what's it been like for you over the last six weeks or so? How have you been working? Well, uh, but even before we had the stay-at-home order, we voluntarily pulled the whole office and, and started doing all the work remotely. Um, so I've been nonstop at the house for this entire time. How many people on your staff, and they're all working from home too? Yeah, we are at four people, and we're, everyone's been at home the entire time. So how do you do research in that, in that set of circumstances? You know, it's interesting when you get into the flexibility of certain occupations versus others. Uh, I was very hesitant to even let staff to really work from home and found out that this has been extremely productive for this entire staff. So uh, we can remote into our computers, share all the files that we need to, or the databases that have to be on campus. Other than that, we can do the same things we did before, just without all the daily uh, interruptions that we had. Um, so that makes it this one struggle is we don't have the water cooler talk. So we right. have to try to 
be intentional about that. Other than that, we can still work on the economy and study everything we did before. Our business is changing just like yours is, and maybe other businesses are going to change long-term out of this uh, situation. We're finding different ways to work, that's for sure. Uh, let's travel back in time a little bit, Jeremy. Back to a different world. <laughs> back to October. You give your annual uh, forecast uh, in October. A much different world. We knew about 737 MAX and some of the issues there, but certainly we had no idea about any type of a pandemic. Um, what was your forecast at that time looking, in, look, looking at Kansas and Wichita? Well, Kansas and Wichita had a very different trajectory than the rest of the U.S. So going into 2016 and 17, when I gave those really negative forecasts, everyone was shocked by it. But we had the downturn, and then we started coming out of it. And actually, I was very bullish about the economy. I said, hey, I, you know, I know there's a lot of reservations about this, but growth was going up. Demand was out there. I thought we saw a lot more opportunity for commercial. So based on that, I didn't think we we're going to have mass amounts of growth because we were at that tight labor market, but for where we were at, we saw growth for um, not only Kansas and the Wichita economy. And then we hit those, what I'm calling as these two black swan events. And the first one is the 737 MAX. Even at that time, when we had um, spirit at the events, we we're talking about, hey, we could still get past this. There's really not a reason for why we should be that much of a disruption. And sure enough, that's not something you can add in your forecasts. And we revised it in January, and then we hit the second black swan event, something so unique, something you don't see very often, and it just threw the economy off. When did you first see signals or signs that this second black swan was really going to hit us hard? Yeah, so it, you know, I, I was doing presentations back in January and February, and at that point, uh, I was still pretty optimistic about the economy because our past experience was that we got past SARS, we got past other ones, and so I really wasn't pushing into it until we got into March. And the first part of March is when when it really came down and we started changing our forecast and trying to figure out how to measure that because it came much quicker than even an economic bubble. It was really hard to grab on any kind of data to to measure the scale of this. But you, you got here back in 2009 into Wichita. Of course, we were in the middle of uh, the impact of the Great Recession at that point. Um, is there anything to compare this to economically? You know, they're talking about obviously more of an impact probably than the Great Re Recession when we're talking about 10 years ago. And we had 2001 after the, uh, after the terrorist attacks at the Great Depression. Uh, is there anything really that you guys as economists can compare this to? So you, you brought up some great examples. All those related to economic bubbles of some sort. Something in the economy got out of a line and the market identified it, and that was the bubble, and then the market had to correct it. Even the, even the Great Depression, there was a market, right, that was out of line. This one is not like this. This is much more like a natural disaster where something comes in and wipes everything out. The difference on this one, so is that we're not like Katrina, right? We don't have federal money that can just go in and then rebuild infrastructure. This is the, not only the entire U.S., it's the entire world. Right. So there's not a great comparison in our current time because our economy is so much more advanced to really look at this. So uh, when we look at 
all the policies happening at the state level and the national level, we're going to come back and look years later. Some are going to be very effective and some are going to be very ineffective because the market is not running forward, right? This has been a shift in everyone's demand. No one, not no one, very few people want to go out there and consume, right? Even if you had a natural disaster, there's still need for consumption. Right now we have fear that's pulling us back. And you also have a shift in, in what businesses are willing to supply because they're scared to be in it out in the market or it's too costly for them to be in the market. So there's really not a way to, to really navigate this one like we've done before. We saw uncertainty in the past and it seems like uncertainty and fear really have been magnified just because we're in a situation that we haven't been in before, right? Right. So the coronavirus is going to, has this long shadow over us, right? And that's, that's another element of this, why it's so different. As long as the shadow is hanging over our economy, we can open up markets and we have so much pent up demand. There are people right. in higher incomes that have money. They've made, they've actually saved even more money over the last several weeks that now they have all this money, but there's still fear to go out there to spend. Now they might go do it right now. And I think we're gonna have a summer of quicksand when we do really well here. And they're gonna have a little bit of quicksand where we realize demand is really not out there. Business is gonna to have to cut back employment. And even some of those higher income people are gonna start losing some of those jobs. And because of that, that's gonna prevent us from just really being out there. So we have this paradox of thrift, right? We're so scared of the fear that we are gonna be thrifty today, but because we're thrifty today, we're suffocating our economy. It doesn't matter how much money we pump out there, we're just scared and so we're gonna hold on. So the you know, one way to get out of this is our scientists have to have a clear expectation of how we get a cure or the herd gets immunity to, to the disease. That's, that's the way out. Other than that, we can, we can put money to it, we can put innovation, we can put policies, but it's really that cast of that shadow on our economy that's that's creating the problem. Lots of pent up demand, but uh, if people don't act on that, if they don't spend that money, that's where that's where we compound the problem. Right, our economy and the GDP is how we measure it. Almost all of GDP, over three quarters of our economy is driven in the US by consumption. So right. tell all your readers go out and consume, but consume <laughs> safely. Right, exactly, that's the key word right there. Uh, give us a snapshot of Wichita as we entered the pandemic you talked to us a, a while back about essential jobs and non-essential jobs and, and what the numbers were. Uh, what, what, is, what did Wichita look like, at least at that point? Right. Well, when you look at the policy of essential and non-essential, I, I was a little surprised because this, this fits perfectly in our previous conversation. We consider most of consumption was actually essential. And most of the ones that were non-essential were occupations like me, where it was actually, I could work remotely. So essential ones tend to have to be physical proximity, you have to be physically present and in the public. And that's retail. So we really didn't shut down the economy. It was the cast of the coronavirus that was really shutting down the economy, not essential and non-essential. But when you take that into account of our economy and the structures of how the coronavirus hurt us, it's it put a, a bigger dent on that employment. We've forecasted over a month ago, we thought employment was going to decline by 35% in this economy. Uh, that includes those some of those essential jobs, right? They, we lost a lot in the uh, restaurants and hotels and things like that. But there are some other sectors that were the considered essential. That's that manufacturing that was also very weak because of global demand and supply chain issues and shutting down ports that we really were focusing on. And that creates that unique impact to our economy versus 
uh, Kansas City economy, which just more has more of a tourism related economy than us. And when you're talking about 35%, you're talking about Wichita itself, right? They're Wichita, the yes. MSA, or just Yeah, Wichita? the Wichita MSA, the surrounding counties, we have around three, just, just under 390,000 jobs, we think, are still are going to be lost in a three-month period. Now that we can talk about the future after that, but in a three-month period, we think we still have some losses. Right. Although we get jobs coming back right now, we have all those furloughs out there. Right. As those furloughs, they're going to turn into layoffs, and that's where we're going to continue to see it. And those that we brought back in the restaurant industry, they're going to see demands not there, and they're going to have to retrench and start laying the back off a little bit. Right. So I don't want to be too negative. It's just realistic. Hey, I think we're going to come back up, and we're going to realize the economy is not where it was back in January, February. It's just a different market now. And I think the more information we have, the more accurate frank information we have, the better decisions we can make going forward about how we run our businesses, how we operate. We need to get creative. We need to get innovative. We need to get entrepreneurial, really, about this whole thing. So, you know, the last, and you brought up earlier, the 2008 recession. You know, there was a few elements of the 2008 recession at the national level. It was cyclical. We laid off jobs and we brought them back. Because you got laid off, in, in hindsight, it really was not compared to the layoffs we had this time you had promise of a future. You could come back to that same career. And it was very cyclical. At that point, large businesses were getting bigger and they were trying to attract all the innovation, creative people. And they were saying, okay, I'm going to create a creative environment a really loose and flexible environment. Honestly, today, I think it's, it's already clearly structural. We have laid off not only jobs that will never come back, industries that will never come back. So now we're at a point where you are laid off, your job is not going to come back or your industry is not going to come back. It is ripe for innovation, something we completely missed out in the last one. Everyone complained of the lack of innovation. That's because of those large businesses and security, we didn't need it. Today, the best thing to create innovation is hunger in your belly. Everyone is hungry now. And I say everyone, even if you're not unemployed, everyone is hungry to figure out new innovation, new ways to do stuff. And um, I think that's even more uh, concentrated here, not only because of aerospace and, and Wichita's uh, recent past, there is a hunger in our belly to be innovative. With cash out there, I think this is an opportunity to see some some changes in multiple different sectors. Cash not only from resources that we already see uh, from local economic development, obviously, and some of the angel investors, but also some of the, like you say, pent-up demand. If, if somebody sees a good idea, that's maybe when they will let go of some of that money that they've been thrifty about over the last few months. Right. You have wealth in your house. You've been holding cash, hoarding cash because you're scared. Plus, we've got a lot of cash being injected into the economy through monetary and fiscal policy. So there's, there's cash out there. Uh, and, and although this, is, this coronavirus has hit the lower income households a little bit more than the higher income, uh, there's still cash available. It's in to be entrepreneurial, you don't need lots of cash. You just need the right amount of cash and the right resources next to you to be innovative. And although a struggle, I think there's there's opportunities right now for that. Fingers crossed that people take advantage of those opportunities, not only on the investment side, but also on the idea and innovation side as well. Uh, sometimes it can be scary to get out there on your own and propose an idea and, and follow through on it. But uh, there are resources to help, and and hopefully they can, they can get that done. Well, the best resource is past experience, and Wichita has that past experience, right? We have a network of people that can help 
mature that an idea along. And uh, the university's worked really hard to that as well. So right. there's there's other resources besides just the past experience. We have been working towards this. So uh, the university is ripe for that, and this community is ripe for that right now. Hospitality, restaurant hit very hard, obviously aerospace. Are there other industries that you've seen that really got hit hard that we may not know about? Yeah, so when you get into the manual service, there's other ones that, that you obviously know still that you didn't share, but like, you know, personal care, like haircuts, things like that, that have, that have been devastated from it. But there are some that were um, non-essential that are also still required to be right in the public, and they're completely destroyed in industry, right? They're struggling with cash, uh, trying to figure out how to, to cope because they work through all their working capital. Um, I don't have exact examples off the top of my head for all the industries, but but there's still quite a few out there that that are maybe not as large, maybe not big employers that are completely devastated by this. Are there industries, conversely, that are doing well through this? Right. So it's interesting. This it's not only the coronavirus, but just the, our access to needing certain resources that big our big box retailer, Walmart, has been the king, right? Grocery stores have been the king of this, right? They continue to do really, really well. And delivery services to your home, they that's where we've had some innovation and some people are really trying to find more innovation to get products back to you. Uh, that's Those are the ones where we're really creating a lot of the jobs and innovation. Now, those are, some of them will stick around. We had, right? But I think that's really, the new innovation is stuff we haven't seen growth in employment quite yet. How are we looking for the rest of the year? We talked about the pent-up demand. You seem to be uh, pretty optimistic about the third quarter of this year. And last time we talked to you, I think, talk about that. Right. So uh, first of all, I think this is going to be pretty bumpy. As I already just said, the summer we're, we're going to have already getting some rebound. We'll have some it over the summer. Some in the third quarter of this year will have growth, but I don't think it's just a straight trajectory. Uh, this rebound. So I already said we would lose around just under 390,000 jobs in the, or no, I'm sorry, that's in the state economy. We'll lose 107,000 jobs in the Wichita economy. But when you look at the entire year, I think we're gonna come back to around 44,000 jobs for the entire state of lost. And that means we'll have about a 14.6% decline in employment as an average for the entire year. Uh, the fourth quarter, unfortunately, I think is gonna be pretty, pretty i mean it's going to improve from the third quarter but not a lot so this is not going to be the robust christmas holiday season that i think we're going to have uh just because we have the shadow of the coronavirus now we could have a cure and that could completely eliminate it and then we have pinned up demand and you could really see a surge but right now i don't see any other economists or even health economists really saying fourth quarter is the one that's going to be the growth matter of fact i don't see a real return to where we were in february of this year for quite a while. It's going to take a while to, to really refigure out markets, figure out where all that demand is, and for companies to, to move into the new markets and households to rebuild wealth and jobs to be recreated. It's going to take a while. It's going to be a slog and uh, people are going to have to find ways to, to make their way through it. It, it. That's where almost you're, you're forced to be innovative and forced to be entrepreneurial about either in your home or your business. You, you've got to keep plowing forward to just to survive. We talk about uh, diversifying the Wichita economy. Uh, I know you've heard that a lot since 2009. I've been here since 1988. Uh, did we make any strides on diversifying our economy since not 2009? And uh, 
where can we go from here as far as wanting to diversify? Well, from 2009 to 2016-ish, uh, we've had diversification, but not by uh, a st strategy, right? It was because aerospace kept declining that our economy became more and more diverse. And our economy became more and more diverse based on size of employment because it was large employers to more medium-sized employers. Um, since 2016-17, you see, you know, rebuilding of some strategies in the Wichita area where community leaders have been behind some stuff, but those strategies take our, have a long life trying to figure out how to move forward. So we really haven't seen a lot of new growth in other sectors that were strategic. Um, we've seen some natural growth in some markets, and that's a good one where, and I don't have them right in front of me, but we've been shifting to different other markets just naturally where those entrepreneurs were just finding new opportunities, just not a lot of create, creation of new jobs. One thing about diversification is, is that we, we keep pushing for it, but honestly, our DNA here is aerospace. And, you know, I, I wouldn't try to push away from aerospace. I would really double down on aerospace because that's what our knowledge is. That's what our experience is. That's what labor can do. That's what our physical infrastructure can handle. And so although there's a lot of push away from diversification, I actually think there's a lot of value in, in the aerospace and we should continue to, to nourish that and find other industries that meet that same kind of infrastructure. Yeah, we just have to find those industries that can also grow in the Wichita area, maybe technology, those types of things that can grow along with aerospace and, and that would help us out a bit. Um, what can the CEDBR do to help uh, small and medium-sized businesses? Well, we have lots of resources already free on our website where data is collected automatically and is available for them to see. We have indicators so they can see, hey, is the economy, how is the economy compared to last year? So most small, medium businesses are look around and then they can see their own profits, but they don't know what the market's doing. And they can go on there and say, okay, is this economy improving? Give it some confirmation or disagree with it. It's fine too. We have other resources. We do all kinds of, of market research for companies. We're trying to look locally or globally or impact studies, which are very common where uh, small mean businesses call, call us regularly. So take advantage of all the resources that are available to you. And there are a lot of them at Wichita State and a lot of them at the Center for Economic Development and Business Research at WSU. Jeremy, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. Anything else we, we should tell folks about conditions and, and how to make it through it and what you're seeing in the economy? Well, this, this economy's new economy is going to have a premium on technology and creativity and, and strategic decision-making, right? So everyone at home, you know, we're holding back that cash of spending and spending is important. We've seen a retrenchment of not investing in human capital, getting education, but that's going to be important to going forward. So, you know, we're, be kind of careful of where you manage your resources. You know, this is the time to invest in your future. This is the time in either by education or a new career path or new company. So that's, that's where we really need to focus to really come out of this with Wichita being bigger five years from now versus the relative loss of share of the market that we've had over the last 10 years. We continue to cover the pandemic and its impact every day at the Wichita Business Journal. That's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. And in our weekly edition, each Friday, again, if you're not a subscriber, check out that four for four offer, open up one of our locked stories and you can get through it 
to it from there. Jeremy, once again, thank you. Really appreciate your time today. Absolutely. Thank you. We'll be back in a moment. At Equity Bank, stories of growing businesses are a favorite of ours. So we created our own little series called Napkin Stories. Visit equitybank.com to see how some great businesses got their start. Well, that's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 155. We hope you're coping as you make your way through these difficult times. Now's the time to be creative and innovative as you fight to survive and eventually prosper. Our lives and our companies will experience permanent changes. Be ready for them. If there's any story we can do to help or any leader you want to hear from, please let me know. Be Roy at bizjournals.com. Check out all our episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter. And thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.